Yo, 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 it's your boy EJ Smith and this is the Breakfast for Dinner podcast where we talk about sports and everything in your day-to-day lives from breakfast to dinner. Now Saturday, UFC 256 was an amazing, amazing event. It was TKO, KO galore, alright? It was crazy. I think only one submission in that whole event. Um, there was a the first fight, Chase Hoofer versus Peter Barrett. Washington, the state of Washington, stand up because he is representing y'all well. Okay. He was losing literally the whole fight. Literally. I wouldn't say he was getting his ass beat, but he was losing. And then, literally in the, I think, the third round, he was getting, he got, took it, took down, and he pulled off a submission. It was crazy. It was a heel hook, and he even went for the heel hook. They were standing, they were, they were literally standing toe-to-toe. He grabbed, it was so beautiful, so beautiful by Chase Hooker. Or Hooper, I'm sorry. Literally grabbed his leg, trans took him on the ground, and transitioned into the heel hook. And Bear had no. He just had to tap. He just had to. Then after that, it was Torres versus Sam Hughes. Deshia Torres versus Sam Hughes. She. Mm, this was they were banging out there. They were these and this what this what happens with these fights. There's a lot of bangers. There was a lot of bangers in this whole event. But this was pretty interesting. Um it was a doctor's stoppage. TKO Torres uh, took the victory. Her eye, I think she got hit with an elbow off the clinch against the cage. Sam Hughes did. And her eye, it wasn't, it didn't look bad to me. I'm not going to lie, but the, I guess in the second round, or maybe even, I, I think at the end of the, end of the first, it was the end of the first, right? And, you know, they went to their, they went to their corners respectfully and uh, Sam Hughes, Sam Hughes's coaches were looking at her eye and they said, hey, it might be broken. And the doctor looked at it and he said, yeah, you might need some surgery for that. You, I mean, you, you're not might, you're gonna need some surgery for that. And that's what happened. So Torres got the victory. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, Torres got the victory on that. TKO victory. Amazing. Unanimous decision by Gavin Tucker versus uh, Quilantil. Amazing. And then our TKO, our first TKO. Fitzaviv versus, versus Mo Kano. This was crazy. It was a crazy combo. I thought I was watching boxing for a second. They were in the middle of the ring. Hit him with the left hook to the body. And then connected with the right hook, dropped him like a sack of potatoes. He was gone. He was out. Referee stopped it immediately. He didn't even. I don't even think he got. You know, 
got on top of him, but did he get a few hits in? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Then we have Cub Swanson versus uh, Daniel Pineda. That was crazy. You know you got to go for Cub Swanson. You have to. He's been in the game for too long. He's been in the game for too long. He's a vet. He knows what to do. Um, literally hit him with, I'm telling you, these right hooks, hit him with a right, I think it was a right, a straight right, On honestly. It was either straight right or straight left. That was in the second round, I believe. It was in the second round. Dropped him. Cub Swanson does what he does. Puts his hands up. What you want? What you want, big fella? What's up? I'm here. Got on top of him. Finished the fight. Good win for Cub Swanson. He goes to 27 and 11 with that. Another TKO. Junior Dos Santos versus Gain. Now, this was crazy. This is... This is a guy that was coming in the fight 6-0. And the octagon was... And I, I realized, man, the octagon is really small for these big guys, man. It's really small for these heavyweights. But yeah, no. Definitely. Gain is a force to reckon with. It was literally an elbow that did it for him. Uh, I can't quite remember how it went down. I think... I think they were up against the cage. He game was hitting Dos, Dos Santos with a barrage of punches. He was trying to, you know, run away, but you can't run away in that small octagon. You really can't. The octagon is too small for them for them big old heavyweights. So he was trying to run and then boom, got smacked with a uh an elbow. A right elbow, I think. But it was crazy, that's all I know. That's all I know. I feel for Junior Dos Anjos because I really want him to get back on the bicycle, but it's hard, man. It's hard when you're in that division and you're just you're getting you're getting older. You're not getting younger, you know. Um, so he's on a two fight lose streak. I think the next one he has to win, or you know he, you know, who knows? Does he contemplate retiring? Who knows? So that was all, that was all with that fight, and then my boy Kevin Holland. Now, I told you guys in the last podcast, he was supposed to fight Jack Hermanson. But obviously, you know, due to COVID, they pulled him out and got uh, Ronnie. Uh, Vittori, I'm sorry. Got Vittori. Marvin Vittori. Let me tell you something. This next fight, he he dismantled Jack Ray Sosa. Jack Ray Sosa needs to think about retiring. And so does Tony Ferguson, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. But let me tell y'all something about Kevin Holland. I've been following this man since he was fighting in the Dana White series. Just like Jordan Levette. Just like him. I'm going to follow him as well. He's amazing. Amazing grappler. That slam was crazy, by the way. Just a side note. That slam that he did last week was crazy. Literally took him to the corner and slammed him. Knocked TKO. And that was the only, that was the twelfth knockout by slam in UFC history. But anyways, back to Kevin Holland. This man is amazing. I love his striking. I love his jujitsu. And he talks crap to you while he's fighting. What what fighter does that? Like if you hit him in the if you hit him good in the ribs, if you hit him good in the ribs, he'd be like, oh yeah, that didn't hurt. 
I'm good. What you talking about? Hit me again. He'll even he'll even hit that section. Like, come on, hit me again. Come on, I'm here. Uh, but yeah, no, an amazing fighter. Now here's the thing: what I would do now. So Marvin Vittori takes Jack Hermanson's spot. Kevin Holland said two weeks ago that he wanted a big name, which was supposed to be Jack Hermanson. But now they switched. So now you have a big name. Me personally, I would do Kevin Holland versus Marvin Vittori, and that would be an amazing fight. Me personally, how that fight goes down, I think Kevin Holland edges it out. It was a five-round fight, and that in when he fought Jack Hermanson, and he looked so, so tired. He looked so gassed. It was crazy. I don't know how he pulled it off. But then again, in, in, in Vittori's defense, if he fights Kevin Holland, we never seen Holland go five rounds. We only seen him go three. And from, that, from a fan... Looking in, looking in the window, that looks like it could be trouble. It could be. It could be. He's never went those championship rounds, as they say. But then again, if I was the matchmakers, that's what I would do, you know? Then we have a unanimous decision. Uh, Mackenzie Dern edged out. That was kind of crazy. I thought... I thought uh, Verder Genoba was going to take that, but nope. Because, I mean, Genoba got a rear-naked dominating performance in her last fight. I think it was like like a month ago. But, you know. And then we got the co-main. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. And let me tell you something. Father Time has might... Has caught up with um Tony Ferguson. It might have caught up with him. The reason why I say that. He's 37. He got exposed. On his last fight. With Justin Gaethje. Took a few months off. You know saying get surgery. Because Justin Gaethje put a beating on him. Like reconstructed. Reconstructive surgery type stuff. So he did went surgery or whatever, came back on this coat main and fought. See, here's the thing. Tony Ferguson has always had trouble with grapplers. In my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel. He's always had a problem with grapplers. So what is the what does Charles Alvera do? Charles Alvera does what he does. He can strike. He can grapple. He can grapple with the best. He can strike with the best. I think, me personally, he needs to move on up. He needs to get a, a big name now. I mean, Tony Ferguson, what is the big name? But he's on the decline. We need a, a somebody who's popping in that division, that lightweight division. Maybe a Dan Hooker. Maybe even a Michael Chandler. That would be interesting. Wrestler versus grappler. Then we'll definitely see how good. We we already know Charles Alvera BBJ is good, but against a wrestler, we'll see. That'd be interesting. 
might be easy, but who knows? But yeah, no, Tony Ferguson, he, uh, every, everybody loves him. Everybody, you know, hates to see that kind of stuff happen to somebody. But um, King Florian had a podcast and he actually, you know, prefaced his views on, the, on, on him and what he should do. Let me play it for you guys done in their career the way it happens typically it's like gradually then all of a sudden right yeah. when you see a fighter just kind of go could that be the case for tony ferguson it's possible because you, you know a lot of people are saying oh well the, the justin gaethje fight yes that could have done it but name a tony ferguson fight where it wasn't totally insane i mean 80 percent of his fights were crazy where he won but he also took a ton of damage. So this is why I say, you know, I say this for my jujitsu students. I say this for anyone who is fighting. There is an energy scarcity issue, right? And there is a power scarcity issue. Uh, and there is a durability scarcity issue where, yes, that can work for the time being. But just understand that your ability to be durable is limited. It is fixed. And it never gets bigger, in my opinion. Right. It only right. gets shorter. And people who think that, like, I'm going to, you know, outgrind my opponent. Or do, to take that approach day in and day out or, or fight in, fight out is stupid. Candidly, it's just it's not the right approach. Yeah, it can work. It doesn't mean that's the approach you're supposed to use as a martial artist. As humans, we are constantly trying to look for ways to be more efficient, to be more creative, to be more effective. And if we're just leading with our heart and our durability every single time out, then yeah. you better be prepared for that to go away. Kenny Florian said it best. You better be prepared. And he's been in some battles, some bad tools over the years. So... That's all I got to say about that. And then we have the main event of the evening. Figueredo versus Brandon Marino. This man can fight. And believe you me, there's going to be a rematch. This was the fight of the night, in my opinion. This was the fight of the year, in my opinion. This was an amazing fight they were going tooth and nail it was literally power versus speed precision versus power whatever you want to say they were going back and forth and 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 figueredo was hitting him with bombs i'm talking about he has little dynamite he had i'm sorry let me take that back he has big dynamites in his hand and literally hitting Brandon Marino and Brandon Marino was coming back like, okay, you want to bang? I can bang too. Hitting with uh, straight lefts, hitting with hooks, hitting with leg kicks. It was crazy. It was crazy. That actually ended up in a draw. Do I think it was a draw? Yes. I think that was a well earned call. That was a good call by the judges. It was a draw. They need to run him back. Now, what does Brandon Marino do? He goes to the drawing board and like, okay, it was a draw. What do I do? I think you need to, 
I don't know, man. Does does he have that knockout power? I didn't see it in that fight. He was definitely hitting up with good combos and punches and bunches. It was really good. And that's the thing, man. Something about the 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 Mexican culture. They have some really good fighters. You know, in boxing, Oscar De La Hoya, Ryan Garcia, you know, Brandon Marino. They these are some credible people that can fight, man. Something about that culture is just amazing with fighters. But yeah, so they need a rematch. I think this is the last pay-per-view event of the year. I think. I think it is. But nonetheless, this is my recap. That's all I got for you guys today. This is the Breakfast of Dinner podcast. I'm your host, EJ Smith. Peace.